keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total F Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. We're coming at you early so you can enjoy your Thanksgiving with your friends and family or by yourself if you have a pre-existing condition. I don't know why I made the end of that so sad. <laughs> I'm here with Andy Cups, with Sergeant Slaughterhouse, and Zach Attack. How are you guys doing? Happy to be coming early. Wait. Oh, come on. Wait a uh, Jesus Christ. You take that to the attitude era. Scott? Oh, I'm doing lovely, man. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, all of our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, we're going to get into it. We're going to do an abbreviated. And we're doing a 10 count, but obviously it's only for, you know, a half half week of news. So we're not going to be getting to the... Um, you're not going to be getting to uh, AEW Dynamite or NXT uh but we will be covering raw which brings up our number one raw recap that's that's what i love about this is we never talk about raw when we mention (laughs) raw it's like fleet well i I, i've talked about raw but it's usually like i'll pull one or two things from it we don't yeah cover the entire fucking but three hour really (laughs) raw it's so worth it because there's so much to shit on like every week on raw right but by the time we get to record this on thursday it's like what emotionally scarred me so much that i haven't shaken it three days later (laughs) it really is it's kind of like when you have a three hour raw it's almost like the donald trump theory where it's like if you throw enough shit we don't even remember it it's like if trump lies enough it's all just one gigantic lie Oh, it happens while I'm live tweeting the show. I'll forget shit that happened like an hour prior, thinking it was like a week ago. I was like, oh, no, no, that was that was 45 minutes ago. Well, what's amazing is the way I watched Raw was last night sporadically walking in and out of a room, and I thought it was very good. I thought the show was very good. Then I watched the entire show. And I realized it was very bad. Like <laughs> these matches that I loved, they had bad finishes. These there moments that really, I liked well, turned out they were ruined. Last night, there was a couple, like that was one of the best Bobby Lashley matches I've seen. And they had a fuck finish. I was like, you're, I was like, just yeah. have him, I'd rather have him lose against Keith Lee and know the guy can work. Yeah. No, this was one of the best bad Raws ever uh and coming after survivor series this was a nice palate cleanser this was infinitely better than the survivor series pay-per-view you think so i do um i think most importantly was everything on this show every single segment had a purpose there was a reason for it there were consequences and you moved forward uh they tried to retroactively make survivor series matter when they never bothered to put any stakes on any of the matches. 
But it was well, like on Raw, they were like, oh, we should probably have made Survivor Series mean something. So let's go back and correct it. Well, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying about, you know, they open the show with um, uh, Adam Pierce, uh, one of the better GMs, I think, that WWE has ever had just because he doesn't dominate the show. Uh, but he's but th- I think it's also because he's incapable of, of dominating because he's a he's a drag. He's he is born. a bit of a drag, but Nothing at least it's doing. not like the McMahon shit all over again, right? Sure, but at least those were gigantic personalities. I mean, this is this might as well just be like us reading a script. It's just all shit. Yeah, but it's Jack to Pike. be fair, Scott, at no point would you ever refer to him as Drew McInfart. <laughs> Which was totally intentional, right? No, I think Oh, that I was... thought that was like a weird let, let's try to be on Botchamania. I don't know what was happening there. <laughs> let's try to be, that's that's Vince's goal. Because Who cares about 160 countries? We got to make it on Botchamania. No, when I saw him do that, because he yeah he called Drew McIntyre Drew Mac and fart. Look, and 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 in Scott's defense, there's no way that main event has more viewers than Botchamania. Yes, that thank you. But it's just it it was such an an obvious fluke. I, my brain went, oh, now every week he's going to mess up more names and he's going to be like a guy who says dumb names. Well, let's get let's get into this, because I, I do think making Braun Strowman the village idiot isn't the best thing to do if you're trying to build up a giant heel to not understand what the phrase last but not least means i mean how are we even supposed to think this guy knew how to put on his boots before entering the ring you know like that's a that's a level of stupidity that's like you should belong in the oddities with that well this explains why he's worn a shirt that hasn't fit him for the last three months he doesn't know how to dress himself uh yeah he always looks like he just ate a fucking plate of crawfish or something like he's those weird seafood stains all over that disgusting mesh green shirt all right, so uh, Braun Strowman. It, this leads to Braun Strowman uh, beating up Adam Pierce, and Adam Pierce determining the new number one contender through three matches tonight: Sheamus versus Riddle, not Matt Riddle, Riddle, Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley, and finally AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Which, you know, on paper, um, besides you know the the Sheamus Riddle match, I mean, all three of those matches I kind of wanted to see. Uh, even though I've seen AJ and Randy a bunch of times, it's always a fun time. Let's go through those three matches, and then we'll touch upon whatever else was important on Raw. Uh, Sheamus and Riddle. Look, man, I don't know. I realize what my problem with Sheamus is, and it has nothing to do with Sheamus as a talent or a wrestler. I know that Sheamus got his ass kicked by Sin Cara, backst- Sin Cara backstage, right? So, like, whenever Sheamus is fighting somebody like Matt Riddle, who I know is a legitimate badass. I just don't believe Riddle selling for Sheamus. You know, I, it's just always, it's, he got his, it was either Sin Cara or one of the Colognes. I forget who he got his ass kicked by or both. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't buy him as this scary dude anymore. I just can't do it. Am I, is but it, you, you guys know, have Shin, that problem? Well, Sin Cara could have like boxer face. You don't know what the man looks like. He could well, be all true. fucking gnarly yeah. looking, you know, he could be an absolute, maniac i'm not Uh, really talking about that but i'm talking about even like in the world of knowing that the shoot is so much different than the kayfabe positions of like where sin cara and where sheamus were on the card you know now i just can't 
take it seriously. Yeah, but when when I watch someone like Riddle, uh, who they could utilize him as like this unstoppable force, right? Because apparently he could shoot, beat up everybody in the locker room, but they've never even kind of had him as that guy that when I see him in a match like this, I, I go, Oh, well he might not be as good at fake pro wrestling than Sheamus. And therefore he could lose because the rules are different. I mean, they never talk about his career as if like he's a legitimate force. I guess, but now like so many WWE angles, like almost every new finishing move is like an MMA ripoff. Look at Roman Reigns' new finishing move. Look at John Moxley's new finishing move. Look at fucking Jericho's new finishing move. It's all sweating UFC. So I just, whenever I see Riddle in the ring with him, I'm just like, what? This is like a dog walking on its hind legs. Robert, am I being too hard on this? Kinda, yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd be in a position to be defending a Sheamus match, but you know what the <laughs> fuck. I thought for for a Raw match, for what was basically a cold match out of nowhere, they they WWE style beat the shit out of each other, which made it more entertaining than uh, it should have been. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheamus on Raw has been more entertaining than he has been, and this felt like a, a real kind of fight and I, I get your point about Seamus it's kind of like the way I always think of Batista where it's like yes Batista is a scary monster but Booker T beat the fuck out of him pretty easily um, yeah do you know you were around there during that time right I heard oh yeah I, I wasn't at the shoot but I was so there it for was that bit. like it was that much of a lopsided win that's what I I mean that's what I heard but uh you know this is this is wrestling world so you never know what anybody's actually saying or what well, the they, man you know, went to fucking jail in Texas for armed robbery right so you gotta to get out of that alive, you got to be kind of tough. Right. Which, you know, it, which was going to bring me to something else. Speaking of guys who went to jail and, and made it tough, MVP um, later on highlighted, you know, Riddle seemed like a legitimate badass in this match. He kicked out of uh, Sheamus's move off the top rope. And then he does that goofy segment in the back with MVP later where he's like, oh, I want to talk to Lashley about like bro flavored ice cream. Uh, but he might, he managed to get MVP to crack on screen which is incredibly tough to do and for that alone when he's like when mvp is like i'm not your bro oh and mvp like he held it in but he you could see it he lost it like riddle (laughs) has that comedic timing as a sports entertainment guy where he's wacky and goofy and i think scott to your point that's what makes it tough to make him an unstoppable monster because there's such a disconnect for what his personality is like his personality legitimately is I don't really give a fuck about anything and I'm Mr. Happy Go Lucky until I get in the ring or the octagon, then I'm just going to beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. Maybe they should just emphasize that a little more, you know, have, have him play up, uh, you know, like the maniac once that bell rings, you know, this killer once that bell rings because, and, and, and this was my problem with someone like Rob Van Dam too. It's like, you're so good but you're not taking anybody seriously. So there's like no level of respect or working your way up a ladder. Like it all just seems empty and who cares? Cause you're not going to care if you win anyway, cause you're so fucking chill. So I, I just get bored with it. It sucks. Cause I, I, I think he's great. And this was my favorite match on raw. This is my favorite part of raw. It's a great match. Problem with riddle is they don't know whether to fish or cut bait with him because he, he has those sexual assault allegations against them, even though he's continued to affirm that he's not guilty and there's legal precedent setting it up for him. Uh, he's got a lot of backstage heat with a lot of guys, 
he had the whole issue with Rollins where Rollins fucking hates him. Um, he's, he's very just laid back and that can rub people the wrong way. When I worked with him years ago, I could see that because it comes across like he doesn't give a shit when he does. It's just, that's how he is. And in the WWE, they're very much about like, you need to mind your P's and Q's and, and show deference to everyone that came before you or else you're going to wind up like what happened in the Young Bucks where they didn't shake Booker T's hand properly and they were blacklisted for life. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's so stupid. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, I, um, Jesus Christ, I just had a brain fart. What were we talking about, Robert? Oh, uh, Matt Riddle. Oh, sorry, Riddle Matt Riddle, thank you. Jesus, Jesus yeah. Christ, I am losing it. I didn't love the jokes in the backstage segment with MVP, but I love the premise uh, that they're setting up of Matt Riddle doing Shark Tank in front of the Hurt Business. And if he was to like join like the Hurt Business as some sort of you know weird like weirdo white guy, and it set up a match between him and Lashley eventually, I'm all for it. Speaking of Lashley, Lashley versus Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee won in a disqualification. I don't know. Again, it's like this match I was actually really enjoying. And then they, they had such a fucked finish. It was the second fucked finish for the Hurt Business. Why would MVP cost this guy the match? I, I have no idea how that makes sense. It makes MVP look like an idiot. They, they have this thing where they keep making heels look like idiots on the show. And that never works long term. You're never going to get a payoff money you're never gonna get a payoff angle with that i did love keith lee singing his own song and I, I i feel like he's back to like keith lee you know of nxt he's getting there and i think they've got a big star with the guy which is good because they're gonna have to probably fall back on him if they can't get rock for mania um yeah i i i i dug the match uh what did you think robert uh i wrote great match bad execution right. I, I think it was a great match bizarre finish which concerned me because hurt business lost the tag match earlier than this i'm worried they're going to split them up when i think this is the best thing that's happened to these four guys and they've been consistently one of the best parts of raw it's way too soon to start any of that um i don't i don't know i'm i'm hoping there's going to be a story going forward i think the problem was they booked what they thought was a cool match and then realized shit we don't have a finish and this is what they came up with. And that's what happened. I mean, this is every Keith Lee match now. Right. It's, oh, Keith Lee would be amazing versus anybody. Oh, but we don't want anybody to win or lose. It, it, it's super, uh, super irritating. Also, my issue with this is this is for like a potential heavyweight title match. So MVP doing this, this should technically lead to the hurt business breaking up bobby lashley what's he gonna go after keith lee next week it's not keith lee's fault it's mvp's fault so he should be going after mvp of like hey you blew a title opportunity for me but they're not going to do that i'm sure but it's what they should do if you want to you know take the belt seriously i mean it could be because they need lashley needs an opponent for tlc so why not lashley and keith lee and build a story there, which is last year's being like, I would have had him. I'm, I'm going to prove it. Give me a fight against Keith Lee and I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great match, but WWE does that shit all the time where it's like, well, I've already seen these guys touch. Can I'm not saying like every match has to be the first encounter, but I'd like like one or two matches on the pay-per-view to be a match I've never seen before. Well, you also, know? what what's like the payoff with Keith Lee finally winning? 
he's already won. It's just in lame ways. So it's not, and he's not like this underdog where when he finally gets like a clean pin, everyone's going to freak out. We expect it from him. Yeah, but this is that would this would be for the U.S. title. Mm, so okay. it's it's there's an additional reason to do it. Like you almost forget that Lashley has the title because they don't do a lot with the U.S. title. But Keith Lee competing for maybe even winning the United States title is is at least a storyline for him. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, yeah, say that this is the best Lashley I've ever seen in all the years I've watched Lashley professionally wrestle. Would you guys agree with that? Or is there, would you, would you think it was better during the battle of the billionaires? Oh no, no, this is way better. He's, he's not rushing. Uh, he's right. got composure to him. The battle of billionaires was he had, a, he had a great physique and he was in there working with Umaga, which is going to make things infinitely easier. He comes across I mean, as was a fucking good, huh? He Umaga was, was amazing. So fucking good. He was so good. And he got over what was a really stupid character um really effectively like it's one of those characters you look back it's gonna come across Dude, as racist like and outdated racism ooga booga shit yes and uh, and his finisher is fucking amazing just that thumb to the side of the neck the way he would do it was so good oh yeah it was like the uh the claw or whatever from back yeah Fritz von eric claw yeah he was all right great, let's uh, get to the main event aj styles versus randy orton uh, I, I I enjoyed the match. I thought the at the very end, you know, the phenomenal forearm not coming right after the lights went up kind of, again, botched the finish for me. It was really a lot of awkward finishes during the night. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like AJ. As far as Randy Orton and the Fiends, look, Scott's going to get pissed off of this, but I thought the best match of last night, and not because of work rate, but because of the story they told, was Alexa Bliss versus Nikki You're Cross. a loser, dude. I know. <laughs> I hope the fucking feds kick down your door tonight. <laughs> you hope the feds kick down. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it was a cool story. That. She wrestles completely different as this fiend fiendstress. Oh gosh, <laughs> this fiendstress. <laughs> fiendstress, if you will. Yeah, I thought, that was, I thought that was the best match of the night. Am I crazy? No, I mean it definitely wasn't the best match of the night. And here's my issue with the fiend coming out he came out twice during this orton match came out in that orton match i laughed so hard yeah i I laughed that was very funny that was very funny (laughs) but aj's not freaking out that's what i hate about this it's when the fiend shows up everybody should be petrified and and like we know in real life like aj styles backstage with the fiend he's still kind of spooked out yeah exactly he's like all right i know i mean i know this is a gimmick but He's I like, mean, y'all gonna give me like a real? nightlight when he's doing the bit where right? I can hold a nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I love AJ Styles though. Everything AJ Styles does is enjoyable to me. I brought it up on the Patreon. I'm going to plug the Patreon right now. But even in the Survivor Series match, like his movements are better than everybody else's, his selling is better than everyone else. He's the guy. Uh, and so I, I, I do want to see him win next week, right? I mean, he should be feuding with McIntyre. Uh, uh, I've heard that the, that the plan was Braun still. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I mean, mean, I guess they one of these do, guys like, has to, if it's not a TLC, it has to be, oh, man, you're right. If it is Braun, what the fuck? What's the well, point? I mean, they could this? do, I mean, they could do that match. 
Uh, I mean, they could have a weak build, I guess, and do like the the number one contend the championship match on Raw, and then Braun interferes, and I don't know. Okay. Anything else to talk about with Raw, the Hurt Business? I wish they had gone over. They didn't go over. The weirdest fuck Alexa Bliss-Nikki Cross match? I yeah, liked okay. it. So Dan said was it was his favorite, favorite match, the match oh, okay. of the night. Yeah, I, I, I think that Alexa Bliss, look, they, they gave her the script. They said, here's what you have to do. And she made the most of it. And it was creepy and uncomfortable. And that's kind of what The Fiend should be. Except, Thank you. Robert agrees with me, Scott. Yes, except the segment before they killed a puppet, um, which was supposed to be wacky. And then the fiend is a baby face against Randy Orton, but he's also brainwashed Alexa Bliss into this emotionally disturbed, uh, arrested five year old fucking sociopath. So you remember on Twitter, um, <laughs> it, like the Randy Orton called out, uh, called out the fiend for uh, how much money that worm the worm display cost at wrestlemania 31 <laughs> he was like yeah man almost as spooky as spending one hundred and forty thousand dollars on fake worms <laughs> he like he like told the exact number of like what it cost <sighs> i love that guy randy orton's a treasure all right let's get to number two well wait wait we also had oscar and lana uh, oh, beating the right. women's yeah. tag champs. Oh my god! I, you know, at this point, I remember I was texting with you, Scott, and I'm like, "Okay, so this is the point where Nia Jax comes out and Shayna Baszler and they interfere the match, sets up a tag match so that we can do that after break." Yeah. God damn! What the fuck are they doing with this with this Lana character? This is they insane. need they need a tables match for TLC. Yep. So it's gonna She's be Lana and yeah, it's gonna be Lana and Gravity versus Nia Jax in a table. Yeah, just get ready for the Hasbro or Mattel, like, Lana and table set. You know, that's the next fucking thing for them. Um, all right, let's get to number two. Number two, Undertaker is on Cameo. Let's, uh, let's start out, Scott. Do you have an Undertaker Cameo for us? I do. This is, this is, I mean, there's all of them are great, so this isn't even my favorite. You get them but on YouTube. There's, like, 30 of them. It is so good. Uh here, here we go. All elite Scooby-Doo. That's how I'm going to address you. <laughs> well, all elite Scooby-Doo. Congratulations on getting married. You did the right thing. In March of next year, your days as a single man will soon <laughs> rest in peace. Dude, they fucking ruined The Undertaker for me. I'm sorry. I know he's a grown man. And, and and he should make his money however he makes his money. But damn, man. I mean, if Jim Cornette is going to flip out about every little thing AEW does, he needs to shit on, on, on The Undertaker for this. He won't this do is, it. This is killing the business over here, man. He's I think Undertaker is like one of three people Jim Cornette won't shit on. Who? It was really rough, man. But it was it was a blast, too. These you are know? all, th I mean, they're so funny. I, I, Will he say anything? Like, could I, like, 
could I get him to pledge allegiance to ISIS? Like, how does this work? Or are there 30 standard, like, messages that... Like, if there's one guy I thought saved his money in the business, I assumed it was Taker. Uh, and I, I thought wrong when I watched the first one that I saw, and it was him making a plea to a guy to basically not kill himself. Uh, he's literally like, he's like, uh, Johnny, um, put one foot in front of the other. We're all <laughs> counting on you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Someone's been a thousand dollars. Like we need our friend to not kill him. I would love to see like Undertaker running like a gay teen suicide group. Like you just have to live your own truth. <laughs> we should all, we should all chip in and have him do one for Marty Janetti. You won't even know he's doing it, but it'll just be like, Marty, you got to clean yourself up. I, there's got, there's uh, the fun that could be had of like, you know, uh, Mark legally has to tell you he's a pedophile. This is your official <laughs> notice from the Undertaker. Yeah. Instead of Mark, just instead of admitting it, he just like holds up his he phone. He has to hold up the, the video, like gather all the kids in the neighborhood. Hey, who wants to see a special video from the Undertaker? Um, and the thing is, this is how he felt before every pre-tape we ever made him do. It's like, what stupid shit are you going to make me, this fucking hillbilly, have to say <laughs> and do when I put my hat on and it's all spooky, whatever. And then as soon as it's over, he's got his dip in his mouth and he just looks at you like, what, what the fuck are we doing here? He, would he, was he laughing at any of his own promos backstage? trying to think if he a lot of the stuff we had him do was lot was in ring okay so it would but it would be you know a lot of really hokey uh you know i'm the dead man this is why he desperately wants to do the american badass i mean i I guarantee you like i guarantee you any of the spooky stuff that vince thinks is scary is way less scary than mark calloway's political beliefs (laughs) so let's just let's just have read those a lot but yeah i thought it was uh i mean i guess you know you know, Santa's not real. Oz is just an old man. The Undertaker likes money. Is that what we're supposed to take from this? The best rib ever is that they made that guy the idol to, like, goth kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Can you... Well, but, yeah, I guess, like, his... like no, I mean, I saw pictures. His, son, his son's, like, an artist and, like, a little gothy, so... I guess maybe some of it's there. I don't fucking know. I'm sure he's he's learning to, uh, to tolerate it, but yeah. uh, these were... Oh, this is why Vince was scared of anybody going on cameo. Like this is this is it. This is the nuclear option. Well, and this is obviously again Taker's doing this because there is a WWE tie-in. I mean, every cameo we saw, he was backstage. He's dressed like the Undertaker. Um, how is this going to work? Is this always going to be the case, or is he going to be hanging out uh, in his jacuzzi? you know, next week doing cameos. He can't wanna, still he, Damien Priest gimmick. If you want to, uh, if you want to have some real fun, Scott, go on cameo and see what some of our friends are charging. It's wild. Like some oh, people no. you're like, you're only charging that. And other people you're like, you're charging that. Ooh. What? I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah. You got to check it. I'll tell you off, uh, off pod, off pod, because I'm a <laughs> giant pussy. Number three, Alistair Black is not getting pushed. Uh, was this because of Zelina Vega? Probably not. Uh, apparently Vince had lost faith in Aleister Black's character as soon as he had gotten to the roster, which is why they like well, he changed it. That's Vince's fault. Aleister Black had a cool thing going, and then he did the whole eye patch thing, and he was like a uh, you didn't know if he was like a hired hitman or what his deal was. 
and, and then that, they just took him off TV. Yeah, and I don't think it's the Vega thing at all. I, I think they don't have anything for him. Somehow they have all this hour of television, and so much of it is wasted. Especially you have your you have your main supernatural character leaving. You yeah. know, what did you think, Robert? Take her in the head at Survivor Series. They yeah. they've ruined this character so many times. They've ruined the way they debuted him on the main roster in the first place. He had an aura about him in NXT. It was a little schlocky, but it worked. They debuted him on NXT with Ricochet of like, he's just a guy. And you can't put the, the genie back in the, uh, in the bottle when that happens. He's, he's covered in tattoos. He's got a martial arts background. He looks like a, a legitimate badass. There's something interesting about him inherently. And then they just did everything possible to make him not interesting. Week after week when he was in that like dark room staring into a camera cutting promos of like, you know, who will knock I, on my door? I, I was okay with that. I kind of like those. But the pro- it would have been fine if there was a payoff. It reminded me of what they did with Stardust where he was in that room with like twinkle lights behind him talking about weird shit and the cosmic key and they never paid it off. I'm like this is just they're filling time and then they got rid of Paul Heyman and they didn't know what the finish was. And even if he was just a dude that went out there and wrestled, he would have been interesting if they would have made him the third Viking Raider. But now it's like, well, we don't know what to do with him. And now because of the Zelina Vega stuff, there's no reason to yeah, rush to bring him back. Right, He would be a better forgotten son than any of the forgotten sons. Like he, <laughs> he does have a look. You can kind of like slide into a bunch of different characters in the wrestling world. I love him though, man. It, it, it's such a bummer. They're, they're kind of letting that one go. I, I do not get it. I, I mean like WWE, it's like people still bitch about WWE, but like the roster they have now, even with all elite wrestling, even in new Japan, I'd still say is like, in their top five rosters of all time they've ever had, if not top three, maybe. Talent-wise, yeah. Yeah, talent-wise, it's got to be top three still. They, they warehoused so much talent over the last several years. They got every top independent star there was. They snatched them up. It was like, oh, okay, you guys like, you know, Kevin Steen or Generic, or whatever. we're going to get those guys. We're going to get Cesaro. We're going to get uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. They have everyone. They just don't really know or care how to use a lot of these guys. They're just happy that these guys aren't somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, number four, speaking of somewhere else, Scott's New Japan Corner. Oh, hello, boys. Uh, yeah, New Japan has been been pretty great, man. The crowds are getting larger as we, uh, as we approach uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is like in a month and a half, I guess. Uh, World Tag League front runner so far. We have another show tomorrow morning. Uh, there's another World Tag League show, but it looks like Sonata and Shingo are going to win it. Uh, Shingo said uh, he wants a tag title match uh, after they win this at Wrestle Kingdom uh, on one night and a never open uh, heavyweight title match another night. Uh, so that'll probably happen. I told you guys that Jeff Cobb is partnering with Great O'Con during the tournament, and he's a part of um, Will Ospreay's. Everybody shooting on a Great O'Con. Well, oh, Meltzer doesn't like him. What do you think of the Great O'Con? Is he that dude? I think he's good shit, man. He can go. Yeah, he can go. He looks really good. I mean, I I questioned it too. There's you know that that uh that like oh, metal Bond hand. Yet. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of annoying, but you know it is what it is. Uh, and also, best of the Super Juniors so far tied in first is uh, Ishimori Show, Hiromu Takahashi, 
and uh, Master Wado, Wado, uh, that that dude with the blue hair that uh, has not been very good. But other than that, man, nothing. Just waiting for Wrestle Kingdom. Very excited. I, I know John Moxley's gonna uh, show up, which means Kenny Omega's gonna be the AEW champion. And I will cry. I'll be very happy. That's it. That's all that's going on. You're gonna get emotional. It's next week. Oh my god. Yeah, I think I think it's rushed, man. Can't wait though. Number yeah. uh number five. This is right from Robert. Just in case you think Robert is ever j- a jaded lawyer with coal in his heart, he added this to the 10 count. What are we most thankful for in wrestling this year? Robert, I'll let you start off. Look, I um <clears throat> 2020 has been a strange year. It's been a rough year, COVID, all that. Being invited into this podcast and being with you guys has enriched my life. I'm fucking kidding. No, the best thing about, uh, the thing I'm most thankful for is Cameron Grimes. Uh, anytime that man is, anytime that man is on TV, um, it, it as, a, as a former writer, something like that makes me so happy because he is the epitome of taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad. And when they put him in the ring, he has amazing matches. He has interesting matches that integrate all the sports entertainment bullshit that WWE does. And they have thrust so many stupid gimmicks and ideas on him. And he continues to to knock it out of the park. I mean, that is what you what you want to have from a pro wrestler. And there's just not a lot of guys in 2020 that know how to do that. And that to me is is fucking awesome. Casey so, Jango, not a Cameron Grimes fan. I heard that. I listened to last week's episode. I could not. I could not believe it. Scott, you? Oh, baby, Wednesday nights. That's what I'm thankful for. That no matter what happens on Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday's gonna be amazing. Uh, and and then you know. And then, and then I get to be excited about it on Thursday. And then I start getting to think about it come Friday. And that's my life, Wednesday nights. <laughs> yeah, man. Wednesday nights, AEW and NXT. Um, AEW immediately after the pandemic started was unbelievable. Uh, that Cody speech right after uh, things went to shit uh, was awesome. Also, Stadium Stampede. I'm thankful for that this year. That was like a huge highlight of uh, wrestling for me was that damn stadium stampede match. And this year I am not thankful for new Japan because they gave me too many Naito evil matches and Dick Togo fucked everything up for me. Whoa. That's a lot. That's a low blow to Dick to go. I am most thankful for Linda McMahon joining the uh, Trump reelection com- committee. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Linda. She has brought some of her uh, magic touch from her own campaigns to, if she had any handle in the Trump loss, thank you, Linda. Yeah, but also Wednesday nights too, and uh, I love Double or Nothing. That was a and the Rumble this year was great. There was a couple real, real blasts to watch. Um, um yeah, really, uh, really, really good time to be a wrestling fan. Number six, Will Undertickle. Number six, Undertickle. Undertickle. First it was Drew McIntyre, now it's the Undertickle. <laughs> Undertickle, man. I know what. Uh, James Ellsworth's new gimmick is going to be on the indie scene. <laughs> All right. Number six, will Undertaker wrestle again? Uh, Vince has said he will never ask Undertaker to wrestle again. Uh, ask, though. I mean, that is 
definitely an escape clause. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm going to say he will. I think that there's just some, the only time that we're not going to see, I will say he will wrestle until Vince is dead. There will not be a time uh, where the undertaker will not wrestle when Vince dies, then undertaker will retire. But until then, that's always going to be the ace up the sleeve at some point, you know, it may not be at this year's WrestleMania, but it'll be, it'll be at WrestleMania 38 or whatever it is. He'll be back. What do you think, Scott? I think he's Tupac in it. I, I think even after he dies, they're going to be releasing theatrical matches of his. Yeah. I think he's already got four in the, in the fucking, in the bank already. Uh, I, I think he's going to have a match with Sting. I think he's going to have a match with The Fiend. I think he might have a match with Edge. Uh, but they're all going to be cinematic. And then maybe he'll he'll walk out once again in front of a crowd and, and, and you know, kick somebody in the face. But, uh, yeah, I think he should, if he's smart, just do cinematic matches for the next 10 years, make them really good. Robert? I mean, he said he hates those cinematic matches. That what? He, he's not, he says he's not a fan of them. Um, it's weird that they announced his retirement as part of the Last Ride documentary. Uh, it, I, it felt kind of strange. Then they did his farewell at Survivor Series, not in front of a crowd, when I feel like that probably deserved an audience. It also deserved to be about 40 minutes shorter. Um, at the same time, and maybe if they go back to Saudi Arabia, I can see him being willing to wrestle again. I think, I think he's gun shy. I think the shitty uh, match with Goldberg, that awful tag match with, with Kane against triple H and Shawn Michaels, those were embarrassing. And Taker hasn't really had an embarrassing wrestling match outside of maybe like a Kali match or some really just stupid gimmick, but he's never looked bad in the ring. And those last two matches in front of a live crowd, he looked really bad. And I think it would take a lot to actually get him not only to go back into the ring again, but now have to walk back this whole farewell thing where Vince came out and said, look, this is really it. Um, it would be, it would reek of a desperate plea for money. Uh, and I think he's really concerned about putting on another terrible performance. Yeah, I mean, I hope you're right, um, but uh, who knows? Uh, number seven, WWE Network launching a new show called Icons. Who is the least deserving of an episode? To give you an idea of who are the icons, they are the uh, British Bulldog, Rob Van Dam, Lex Luger, Yokozuna, and Beth Phoenix. Uh, for me, it, this is hard because I think Beth Phoenix is a better talent and a better wrestler and you know did more in her division than Davy Boy Smith did in the men's division by by a lot but Davy Boy had that match in England with Brett where they where they headlined SummerSlam that we watched and you know Davy Boy was part of the British Bulldogs which was a great team and you know a Hall of Fame team so yeah I think maybe those I mean it's those two I think are the least deserving, uh, you know, and it's look, if Beth Phoenix came around the time of Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair and uh, Bailey, then it would be a completely different story because she can absolutely hang with them. Uh, but she didn't, you know, she came during the time of making out with the great Collie and getting thrown out Beth Santino, you know, and that's, that's not her fault, but we, we really didn't get a chance to see what she can do. What do you guys think, Scott? 
Yeah, I think the Beth Phoenix thing is they're they're really gonna have to make up some stuff. Um, I mean, I, I remember she was in a rumble match, right? And then Punk she was in a rumble match, yeah. Yeah, then Punk put her to sleep. I, I do remember that. Other than that, I don't remember a sick I don't remember a match she's had, a feud she was in that was at all a big deal. And that's not her fault. That that's what the women's division was at the time. It 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 was irrelevant and it didn't matter. Um but there's other women that you could highlight. I mean, Sonny. Sonny <laughs> is deserving. Yeah. yeah. Robert? It depends on the rating of the of that Sonny episode for how good it would be. Uh, <laughs> it would make your network subscription worth it. Uh, I honestly I think... do have the Sonny story. It's on Netflix. It's called Hillbilly Elegy. It's uh, out right now, so check it out, guys. Robert? I haven't. It's funny. Hillbilly Elegy, just side note, I love that that was like six months ago. That was the front runner for every Oscar and then the reviews for that movie are are like watching the undertaker cameos it's like you can't look away for how fucking terrible this movie apparently is but every reviewer goes out of their way to be like how the fuck did this happen like this has ruined that, movies it's supposed it was supposed to be acclaimed and they're just like no it it got completely fucking destroyed they're like this is the worst movie ever uh which kind of makes me want to see it but yeah. I think that in terms of for the icons, the, the one that struck me the strangest uh, was Lex Luger, just because within the WWE, oh, yeah. his story was just he was a complete and total abject failure. They brought him in with that. They were going to make him the new Hogan. And then like two and a half years later, he's back in WCW. He's an interesting story, but he's not an icon. He's sort of like a cautionary tale of if you're going to get that push, and you well, are fuck they it up nwa like are they how far back are they going they, oh they might i guess you could make a case for that I you can but it, the it might but knowing vince and knowing what the story is going to be it's going to be all this build up to him finally getting his shot at the wwe and swinging and missing and then never being a, a top tier star again because he went back to wcw and then almost immediately got lost in the nwo shuffle and was never yeah. really a true main eventer so it, I, I think he's an interesting story, but in terms of icons where it's just going to be a glowing, uh, we're putting Vaseline on the lens and we're going to kiss your ass. I yeah. don't think that's the interesting way to tell the Lex Luger story. Yeah. I mean, I think argument for all three of them, but no, I think you may have just sold me on the Luger, the Luger icon, not, not, it should not be in there. Where Zach, I just had a minor uh, dyslexic episode. Who do you think is the least deserving of an icon? Uh, Ugh. Uh, I, I I think <laughs> I think Robert made a really good point about Lex Luger. I think Beth Phoenix is an icon for what she represents to the women's division today and what the women's division is today. So Zach, stop trying to get laid. Yeah, what does that even, what does that mean, Zach? It means that the women are probably better than most of the men today. I, mean, I think we should all just accept that at this point. Oh no, I agree with that, but I don't know if Beth Phoenix doesn't have anything to do with that. I think the Beth Phoenix one will be revisionist history in the same way they now go back and talk about how incredible the Bellas were and how they were the launch of the um, give divas a chance when the whole reason why that happened was we need to stop watching a fucking Nikki Bella match and right, let the right, actual right. women who can wrestle wrestle. Yeah, exactly. AJ was the person who brought that be like, up. Be like right. Charlotte Flair, Be- <laughs> Becky Lynch, uh, Beth Phoenix was also a lady. Like, what is the? There's no connection. <laughs> I'm curious, Zach. Zach, how old are you? I'm 27. 
Okay, so that that may be why you why you're looking at Beth Phoenix a little differently than we are because of, he was the best women's wrestler of my generation. Of right my, of when I was growing up as a wrestling fan. She well, was wasn't Natty wasn't Natty wrestling too? Beth Phoenix was a little before Natalia came in. Really? She was a little before, and Beth Phoenix was. I mean, she was pushed as as being you know the top of that division, but she was the top of that division at a, at a particularly weak point. Weak it top, was like yeah. that that shift from. Uh, Candice Michelle was a wrestler to, oh, I guess we should actually use legitimate women who are trained and know what they're doing. Well, it was like during the time of the diva search, right? Uh, it was it was a little after the uh, the diva search. I feel like this was probably around the time they did that tough enough when Cameron was on and like, what's your favorite wrestling match ever? And she's like, oh, Alicia Fox versus Melina. Yeah, I remember that. She's the one that got hired out of everybody on that season of Tough Enough. <laughs> That's such a great clip. And Austin is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> when he thought of his wonder if his check cleared yet. <laughs> Number eight, NXT NXT stars exempt from Twitch. Uh, this is interesting. I, I now are these are these all NXT stars, or it's just like are they now paying like NXT stars $50 a month? Like, how did this so yeah, pretty much. I guess since NXT stars are, are paid, uh, you know, one step above uh, busboy, uh, the NXT stars are, are have been told that they are exempt from the Twitch ban. And let's let's explain uh, why they why this deal happened. I think why it happened because when NXT moved to USA Network, their pay didn't change at all. Am I right about this? The idea is like, ah, it's COVID. We'll figure it out later. And they have yet to figure it out. Right. And they told a lot of the NXT guys that were there. It's like, hey, you know, if you need to do other stuff to earn money, fine. Um, Or if you want to leave, like, we'll let you leave. If you're a guy that's not really on TV all the time, you know, like a Leon Ruff before he made it onto television. And you're just like, all right, you're an NXT guy. You're a performance center trainee, whatever. What struck me about this news story as being so bizarre is Finn Balor begged to get on NXT. The Revival begged to go back to NXT. Aleister Black begged to go back to NXT. Like you, you, It's already the brand where everybody wants to be, essentially. And now you're making it even better by saying, oh, and by the way, you can go do Twitch and, and create your own identity elsewhere. But th- th- that's where I get confused, though. So, so now say someone like Kevin Owens is on SmackDown, right? And then he finally gets what he wants and they put him in NXT. It's fair for him to now have camp. Like that's going to be, there's no way that's going to be the rule. There's no, no way Alistair still under goes a... to NXT and then he's allowed to have what he wants after they just fired his girlfriend, you know? Oh, no, no. The guys want to go back to NXT because they want the creative freedom that exists there of not being under Vince's thumb. They're still on WWE contracts. Like Finn Balor is not working on an NXT contract. Yeah, of course. But he just wants to go there and, and, you know, quote, better the brand in the same way they sent Charlotte there. But for some of the younger guys that are on NXT, this is a chance for them to create something. Um Speaking of sending wrestlers to other promotions, number nine, Kenny Omega said he'd be open to a working relationship with WWE. How bad of a concussion does he have? Uh, yeah, this isn't, <laughs> isn't uh, going to happen, right? This isn't a thing. This is just no, something. It can't, I don't think it can happen. This is like a dreamer thing. It's a thing you say because it would be nice, but technically 
It's impossible. What makes it's it like, interesting it's, it's is like he's saying, like, yeah, I'd love to have both Israelis and Palestinians over, you know, for a exactly. dinner. Exactly. There to yeah. be no fighting, you know, like. To, to me, people are giving this more than they should because he has that EVP title. Um, and so you think he's speaking from someone, you know, speaking from like a, on a corporate level, but he's just a wrestler saying, oh, I would love to have cool wrestling matches with people. Uh, these EVP roles, I really would love for them to clarify what exactly they are doing because it, it just seems like a, a way for them to get paid well, more. Kenny, Kenny picks uh, the outfits for the women's division. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, apparently he's trying to build their women's division, which is just, you know, interesting. If that's his job, he should be fired. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like him, him in the women's division, that's like fucking Michael Jordan and the Bobcats. Well, know? I read somewhere that their women's division <laughs> is like working their asses off uh, and they work very hard. The thing is, Almost none of them are ready for television. And yeah. apparently, you know, WWE cool. is scooping cool. up all the talented women. And so now the women that they can sign, they have to they have to like train for television. And that's what Dustin and DDP and stuff are apparently doing. Oh, and QT, baby. QT is a big part of it. These ladies are going to get yeah. good fast. Yeah, QT gets – I know something about getting over, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> getting over the turnstile because I don't have money for a subway pass. <laughs> Step one, save Cody's life and then make him owe you for the rest of days. <laughs> you imagine? you imagine how insulting it's got to be if you're like – you go to wrestling school and the first day it's QT Marshall. Just <laughs> – oh, telling you how, he's, how his style compares to Steamboat's. Well, we both work in a ring. Number number ten. You've heard of Elf on the Shelf. Well, ladies and gentlemen, get those credit cards out for the holiday season because WWE.com, the WWE shop, has brought you Fiend on the Scene. Scott, if I bought one for you, would you throw it in the trash? I mean, imagine buying this for a kid who's like, I'm too cool for Elf on the Shelf. (laughs) <laughs> and then they give him fiend on the scene and he's like good good enough i am cool enough for this this works you never know when and where the fiend on the scene is going to pop up this holiday season it's a damn voodoo doll friends with this wwe shop exclusive plush doll get creative and any room in your very and turn any room they they they, they they've been spelled it on the website get creative and turn any room in your very own fun house it's 11 inches tall, plush Velcro on hands for stronger grip. Ugh. Comes to drawstring bag with the Fiend Bray Wyatt logo printed on it. This is demented. What is, what is the, like, I just don't get who it's for. People who, who like, they're like, I'll, oh yeah, I'll decorate for Halloween, but ghoulishly, like it's so lame. <laughs> Again, it proves that people are, who are into this shit are embarrassing. I want to make my Christmas spooky. Yeah, it's people like who buy a Bah Humbug t-shirt. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like if real Bah Humbug is not even buying a t-shirt. You know, you get it. It's all very embarrassing. Look, this is a this is them doing a public service announcement, putting this out here. Because if your kid asks for this, send them to a therapist. Like, hide your firearms <laughs> in your home. Be thankful that they're they're in school remote because this would not end well otherwise. No, yeah. no fuck. I mean, this is yeah. So... This is like what Adam Lanza got for Christmas. You know, <laughs> it's 
it is. It's it, these are these are the kids that are super into Nightmare Before Christmas and they wear it all the time. So you know uh, Johnny Gargano, um, but the, <laughs> they 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 made somebody said this as a joke and then they were like, oh, it's a great idea, and he didn't have the balls to say he was joking. And now this is a product. Um, and uh, Zach, Merry Christmas. This is what you're getting. Yeah, Zach, you're getting fiend on the scene. Thank God. Thank God is right. And thank God uh, for you all tuning in. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying. I'm pulling these. Thank God for Thanksgiving. I'm shaking, I'm shaking the transition tree, hoping a few coconuts fall down. Just uh, give me a break, man. We're going to have a Patreon this week. What's what, what should we do it on? Oh, wait, I have an idea. I don't know if Scott you know, and Robert can join me, but I promise. Or Zach. So, wait. Can we do the Patreon this week? Just Scott? Dan alone in a dark room. <laughs> just him sobbing, eating cranberry sauce. Just very sloppy noises. <laughs> here's, here's what I was thinking for this week's Patreon. Uh, there's a movie from 2005 starring Bill Goldberg called Santa's Sleigh. We haven't, I haven't seen that. It's the holidays. What do you guys think about watching that and reviewing it? What a piece of shit move on your part. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely possible. Uh, find out <laughs> if that's what we decide well, I mean, on. We gotta we gotta tell people, you know, whether or not they should watch this movie. Oh Christ! All right, what do you want to do instead? I don't know. It just feels like a movie is like two and a half hours of Goldberg being Santa. Well, this will actually probably be an hour and a half. All right, I'll do that. I'll 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 watch that. I'll find a way. Let me see how many minutes it up. Yeah. It's an, yeah, it's an hour and 35 minutes. Well, we hope you can make it. And that's, I'm including Zach and Robert in, in that. No, we might, we might get a pretty bad snowstorm <laughs> down here in South Florida. I might not be able to. But by the way, this is a service is going to go out. Yeah, this is, a, this is a public service announcement for all you listening out there. Hulu, uh, which is a, 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 a reputable uh, streaming service, is now streaming for free Money Plane. Man, we should have. We, we, I, 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 I spent money on, on that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get uh, Santa Slay for free on Tubi. I have no idea what that is. The hell's Tubi? I don't know. Maybe it's like European YouTube. I have no idea. It's yeah. It's the only thing keeping people alive is their Tubi. Oh man! All right, so Santa Slay this Sunday. Uh, get our uh, T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Rate and subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars. Blah, 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 blah. Follow me on Dan St. Germain or DS Germain on Twitter. And Zach? Happy Thanksgiving. And wash your hands. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.